Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hey there, this is Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Yeah, we're doing uh, Malignant this week. And uh, it is a crazy bonkers romp of a movie we will not spoil anything until we get to spoilers but this movie is currently streaming on hbo max until october 10th and it is also in theaters and it seems to have been the social media darling of the last couple weeks since it came out i have seen nothing but oh my holy fucking shit what the fuck did i just watch uh, title cards after people see malignant. You know, you know, you have a uh, a uh, interesting movie when, like, I I got text messages and Instagram messages from multiple mm-hmm. people asking me if mm-hmm. I've seen this movie yet. Yes, and most of them wanted to know if a I've seen it and b if we were doing it on the podcast. And I got to say over and over again, yes, we're recording an episode on this next week. Actually, so yeah, it is. Yes. Crazy, but we will get into that. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm doing good, Katie. How have you been this yeah. week? I'm great. Yeah, I, I too got a bunch of messages. So because you and our friend Dalton had told me how bonkers this movie was, I ended up uh, having a few glasses of wine and watching this movie with Gizmo. And I did actually take my reaction, which I, I, I'm going to try to release an edited version of that. Um, if it's funny. If not, tell me, guys. It's fine. Um, but that's kind of what I did last weekend. I did that, and my brother's birthday was last week, so actually we hung out um, for his birthday with the puppies. That was fun. And um, I just I watched some, some movies I had been meaning to watch. Um, what did you do this weekend? Um, so what did I do this past weekend? Oh, um... So Saturday I stayed around the house and actually put up all my indoor Halloween decorations because we had a lot of rain. Um, I also mm-hmm. watched a few things. Um, I know we'll get ready to get in that. Sunday I got some pho with Taylor. So I ate some pho. What else did I do on Sunday? Ooh. God, it feels like this has been a long week already. I know I did something else Sunday and now I, I can't even remember. So. <laughs> so. It's all Nothing good. Crazy, it's all good. I, I know. I yeah. um did you have any housekeeping from last week because I don't think I did. I didn't I'll either. See. I'll be honest. I said fairly I didn't say fairly odd parents correctly. I think I said fairy odd parents and it's fairly odd parents. And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah. that was stupid of you, Katie." Um uh, I do know it's the fairly odd parents. I watched that show quite a lot as a child. Um, also, we think Charlie Plummer's dad liked our posts about his son's movie, if it is not a fake yeah. account. Thanks, Charlie Plummer's dad. It was very sweet. Yeah, what a sweet, so sweet. sweet, supportive yeah. parent. Um, it's sweet. Did you watch any good movies this weekend other than Malignant? I did actually watch a few things. I want to say uh, start off because um, it is a tradition with me and my mom 
that um, if so other than the Oscars which the Oscars are my Super Bowl I watch them every year and have been since I was a small child um, but if I am home and I'm with my mom we always watch award shows together so me and her did watch the Emmys um, Ted Lasso which I have not cool. had the experience of seeing uh, really won big like Ted Lasso was winning every other award um, at the Emmys so that was yeah really I was very surprised uh, with that yeah, because I've not seen it at all, have barely heard about it, and was like, what is this show? You know what's terrible? That's actually not as terrible as me being a basic bix and thinking, I'm just not impressed with the fashion this year either. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> I, I do love <laughs> oh, the fashion yeah, there aspect. Was... Yeah. yeah, none yeah. of the fashion this I liked, year. I liked I, Michaela, I Michaela Cole's outfit. Michaela Cole's the girl Unless... from I May Destroy You. I liked her yeah, outfit. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen had almost like a cape dress, but it was like, it was pretty, but it was like, there was no shape in the back of it. So there was a lot of like, there's a lot of dresses that had like pretty colors, but there was really no shape to the dress. Or like, there was a lot of dresses that yeah. were like really shapely, but then they had like very poofy 80s sleeves. And I'm like, did the 80s make a comeback? I think they did. And <laughs> so, mm, but I like, old, I like old Hollywood glamour. So, um, yeah. I do too. Anyways, uh, was there anything else you watched? Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. And um, so I did, and I'll just go for this real quick. So um, I may have said this last week as well, but I am making my husband go for a lot of the Marvel movies. And I'm also trying to watch some I haven't seen. So we watched Captain America Civil War together. Mm-hmm. And then, because um, I love Caps. And then I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and I really like Ant-Man. So I hadn't seen Ant-Man until recently. But I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is the sequel to Ant-Man. Um, watch What If, because I love What mm-hmm. If. I watch it every single week. Um, watch the new episode of American Horror Story. And I watch a new episode of American Crime Story. So that was my rounded week. What about you? I haven't caught up on American Horror Story this week. This, but I'm going to, but I just haven't watched this week's episode yet because I watch. I actually watched a bunch of movies, so I finished Haunting of Bly Manor finally. I also have Yay! two episodes left of that. Uh, Yay! I loved it. I didn't. I didn't cry as hard as I did at the end of Haunting of Hill House, but I feel like because it was like that character's choice at the end, what happens to them, like it, like they made the conscious choice. I feel like it was, it was still sad, but I was like, it was more like, oh, what a strong person. But I liked it. I liked that it came full circle. And I thought the end was like, so sweet, but so sad. <laughs> I was just like, oh. Yeah. It's it's a really great show. Um, I can't wait for uh, Midnight Mass, which is yeah the next one by him. And Flanagan, by Mike Flanagan. Yeah. I really liked that. I finished I May Destroy You. Uh, I started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'd watched a couple episodes, but I started watching the first season in earnest. It's it's a really good, just enjoyable, cute show. It's funny. I like it. It kind of reminds me of Parks and Rec a lot. Okay. Like, because there's a lot of, like, like you know, it's inter-office, pers- like, relationships, and it's just kind of silly. But I did watch two really cool movies that I want to touch on briefly, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Um, so I'm trying to, I, I realized, um, there's, in, on the top 100 horror movies on Rotten Tomatoes, there's, like, probably, like, 30 I haven't seen. Like, I've heard of all of, most of them. Um, there was, like, two or three I actually hadn't heard of, but, like, I thought the Rotten Tomatoes list was kind of a cool thing to work your way through. 
Um, because, like, it's a little bit audio. They have a weighted score. So, like, there's a little bit of, like, what you and I would probably be like, oh, this is an amazing horror movie. But then there's also, like, some just, like, crowd pleasers on the list as well. So I was like, oh, like, this would be a good thing to, like, you know, you know, check those off. So one of them is a movie I've heard a lot about. It's on Criterion right now as part of the Art House Animation Collection called The Wolf House. And it was uh, released, I think, in 2017, I want to say. And I'd heard tons about it. It got all this, like, Oscar buzz, and then I don't think it was nominated for anything. And it was, like, very, it was, like, completely snubbed. And it's a hour-long, hour-and-20-minute-long stop-motion animation film. And it is incredibly creepy looking, and it is uh, a fairy tale framed as a propaganda film for the Colonia Dignidad from Chile, which was a real-life cult that technically is still around today, only it's a tourist attraction, and you can stay there as a resort, but it was a bunch of German immigrants um, after World War II that had, like, this religious agricultural community. So it's really weird because it's in the middle of Chile, but it's, like, little Bavaria in the middle of Chile. And there was a a dictator, Pinochet, or Pinochet? I'm not really sure how you pronounce his name. Um, Because I've seen it written and never heard it said. Uh, He enlisted the help of this culty community to uh, take political prisoners to their underground tunnels and torture them and kill them. But, like, nobody knew because they thought it was, like, this happy little religious sect. And really, like... Also, the guy that ran it, Paul Schaefer, not the, not the, not the band leader, the uh, former uh, criminal, he fled Germany. I was assuming it was, like, World War II-related war crimes. No, uh, he had an orphanage, and he was molesting children, and so he fled to South America, and he was eventually, after the dictatorship fell, he went on the run for 10 years, and then um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, they tried him for molestation charges of 25 children and 11 minors, and he was guilty, and he, he died in jail, uh, thank God. So he did pay for his crimes, but... Uh, it's fucked up, and basically the story is like a girl that escapes the cult, and she finds a house, and there's these two pigs, and they become her children, and there's all this, like, really creepy symbolism for, like, uh, cults, and, like, white supremacy, like, obviously the movie is not for that, but the movie is talking about how this, like, weird Aryan cult was, like, in the middle of, like, a South American country, and... Like, it's very creepy, but it's very good. Um, it's it's beautiful, but very creepy. It kind of, like, reminds me of, like, and I haven't seen all of Anomalisa, but that kind of feel, because it's all, like, it's stop motion. Okay. And, or, like, Coraline, where it's very creepy. But it, like, things, like, morph into the next scene in a very scary, creepy way. And it took them five years to make it. And it was the first full-length feature oh, wow. for the two directors. And highly recommend. It's great. It production value is amazing. Um, and then the other thing I watched, which is why I decided to finish Haunting of Blind Manor right afterwards, is another uh, movie called The Innocence, the which is yeah. the original Turning of the Screw adaptation with Deborah Kerr, which is also on yeah. Criterion right now because they have a Deborah Kerr collection right now. 
who I know her from The King and I, but she did a ton yeah. of movies. But uh, it's great, actually. It's really good. It's it's a little it boring in the middle, but um, it honestly is very creepy, and the ending is very, like, very daring for that time period of films. Yeah. And uh, there's some very creepy visuals. And basically the haunting of Bly Manor, there's a lot of stuff that it takes from it because they're both inspired by the turning of the screw. But yeah, so those were like, I'm just trying to check those off some boxes. Uh, was there anything else you want to touch on before we move on to Malignant? No, I think that's everything, honestly. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about this movie. So I can tell you a little bit um, before you get into your synopsis. Um, so of course, I'm sure yeah. you guys have heard about Malignant because it ha- it was written... And, well, it was partially written, partially written, a partial story, and directed by James Wan, who is, like, modern-day horror Mm -hmm. royalty. Um, He's not very old at all. I think he's only, like, 40 Mm -hmm. or 41 years old. But he became a breakout horror star when he wrote and directed Saul. Um, And everyone knows who the fuck Saul is. Um, We want out, yeah. Huge series. We even have, uh, my husband loves Saul, so Jigsaw is always near um, the desk when I record every night. Yeah, um, but he also did Dead Silence, which I love. Uh, Dead Silence is not for everybody, but... I haven't seen that one yet. I love it. I love Dead Silence. Um, He did Insidious, Insidious Chapter 2, and of course The Conjuring, which uh, The Conjuring is probably one of the best horror films to have come out in the last 10 years. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah, and then Aquaman. Yeah, I waited a really long time to watch. Yeah. I, I waited a really long time to actually watch The Conjuring because it was almost, like, too popular. I didn't believe that it would actually be a decent movie, which I know is very snobbish of me. I don't really have that viewpoint anymore. Like, that's why I was like, yeah, I fucking want to see Malignant. Let's see what everyone's talking about. Um, yeah. But I, when I finally did sit down and watch it, I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so good. Um, and there are – it is jump scary. Like, uh, James Wan has, like – He kind of, like, toes the line between, like, smart horror and, like, crowd-pleasing horror. Like, like there's jump scares, there's kind of sensational stuff, but then also, like, there's, like, interesting family dynamics and things like that. Um, And he obviously is a big fan of, like, all the horror genres that have come before him, because this movie is was unexpectedly to me uh, a love letter to italian giallo but i think it is interesting because this movie was also like based on a story by this woman named akila cooper um who does a lot of producing credits for television she produced luke cage uh some of american horror story and she's all she wrote the nun too hellfest grim the 100 the witches of east end and Luke Cage, so a lot of horror shows, but not a lot of yeah. movies. Um, well, and then, the do other... you want to talk about the third person? Yeah. The third so the third, the third big big player who actually came uh, to Juan with this original story idea was Juan's spouse, uh, who is Ingrid Bisu. Um, she is Romanian, and uh, mm-hmm. she she actually has a credit in this movie. She plays Winnie. Um, we'll get to Winnie. She's a CST. Um, mm-hmm. But she also was in a few different uh, one movies. So she was Jessica in The Conjuring, The Devil Would Me Do It. Yeah. She was sister. I heard really bad Which things was, about eh. the nun, so I haven't. 
Yeah, I hadn't seen The Nun, but she served as a executive producer yeah, for this movie as well. Um, and so, a very mild spoiler alert, she, uh, this is the only movie that she's been in directed by her husband where he hasn't killed her off. So, <laughs> That is pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other weird thing that James Wan directed was the Aquaman movie, which made like a billion yeah. dollars. Um, which I saw that watched. And it was really bad. Have you seen it yet? It- it was really hmm. bad. Really bad. But people watched like, it. Yeah, they did. They did. I think a lot of it had to do with Jason Momoa, but people did watch it. Absolutely. I watched it. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it wasn't good. It was, And I love Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson's in it, too. <laughs> um, and I love him. But it still wasn't good. <laughs> Save I it. love Patrick but, Wilson. Um, yeah. And Nicole Kidman was in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe it's the Amber Heard curse, because unfortunately Amber Heard was in it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, by the way, before we get too far in this movie, I did want to discuss the ratings on this movie, because I find it hilarious. Surprisingly, on the day of recording, this is, like, the most popular movie on IMDb, like, to look up, I guess, is how they rate it. Um, but... It only has a rating of 6.3 stars out of 10, which is, it's, for a horror movie especially, that's actually pretty respectable. Um, but Rotten Tomatoes made me laugh even more, because I feel like the critic store was higher when I looked it up last week. It's a little lower than it was, but it's like 76%. So I feel like a lot of critics understand what this movie is doing. But I feel like if you went into this movie not having a background in italian giallo and the reference points for this movie uh you probably would have been like what the fuck is this crap which is why i kind of love this movie because it is so crazy um because the audience score is like 53 percent, which isn't the worst but obviously most people that have watched this have either been like i love this shit or this is a piece of shit and there's not a whole lot of in between which are sometimes the best movies, you know? Like, people hated Midsummer because they were like, oh, it's boring, and they hated Hereditary because, like, the marketing was different. But I love that the marketing was different because nobody expected, spoiler alert, the supposed main character's head popping off in the middle of the movie. You're like, what the fuck? It was great. Yeah, I, I will say this. I don't think this movie was marketed correctly. Um, I think that is a common curse with horror movies where you see trailers and you're just like, I don't know what yeah. the fuck is supposed to be going on in this movie. Um, I will say, even though I do agree that Jalo is very important in this movie, I don't think you would have to know Jalo to enjoy the camp in this movie. Now, granted, not everyone yeah, has a fine I- understanding of camp either. So, yeah, more people and some people don't more about like camp. campy horror movies. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the first time I watched this movie, I was taking it serious up to a certain point, and then there was a point where something just <laughs> it was like a switch flipped, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is supposed to be funny!" And like once I got that, it it changed yeah. the viewing experience for me. So I watched this movie twice, and the first time, for one, you and at least one other person had told me that this movie is bonkers. But that's pretty much all anyone told me. Like, nobody spoiled it for me, which I appreciated. The first time I watched it, I feel like the opening scene set the tone for me. But the second time, I tested out the theory that I had heard. Like, I feel like if the opening scene was gone, 
maybe the movie would have more slowly set things up and it would have been more enjoyable. So I, I skipped the opening scene the second time I watched it and then went back and rewatched it. Um, I, I feel like you could have lost the opening scene and it would have been fine. But I like the opening scene because it is so batshit crazy. Um, and then it goes to like super normal. But I feel like if they hadn't had the opening scene, I feel like it would have been more mysterious as to what is happening to Madison if you didn't see the opening scene. Because you would have just been like, um, is it a ghost? Because it is a James Wan movie. Is it a haunting? Um, is it a, like a psychosis episode? Is it a demon? What's going on? There would have been, I, I feel like, more theories. and it, But it, like... It kind of told you what you were in for with the opening scene. So I don't think, like, they necessarily had to cut it. But I feel like a lot of people would have been, like, more like, ooh, what's going on if they didn't have the opening scene? However, that reveal, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, oh, honey, I cackled in the best way possible. Like, when I say I was laughing and enjoying myself watching this movie, it's in the best way possible because it is camp. I was, like, ca- like giggling and reacting and, like, oh, holy shit, what's happening? But, like, in the best way possible. Like, is that how the experience you had, Britt? Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty much, like, I was, like, I don't know where this movie is going. And then when it made the decision to go there, <laughs> I loved it. I, I My favorite scene in the whole movie, I can't wait to talk about my favorite scene in the whole movie. Just because... I oh did God. laugh for, like, a solid five minutes. Like, and my brother and my husband were both watching <laughs> it with me. And we all three laughed for, like, a solid five minutes because it was so great. So, I think it goes without saying that we both recommend this movie. And I think we should start diving into it a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's on HBO Max until October 10th. And it is in theaters. I don't know when it will go out of theaters. So, I do think this is a good movie to see in theaters. I'm kind of sad we didn't see it in theaters because I think it would have been fun with other people. And if you miss it this time, this is one of those movies I think would be great to stream during Halloween. Because it would be really fun to watch with a bunch of friends. No, I would absolutely agree with that. And I feel like um, now's and I feel like now now's the time that uh, we're gonna say three, two, one. We are officially in spoiler mode. Please skip ahead or go watch Malignant Woo-hoo! if you haven't yet, because we're about to spoil some shit for you guys. So, Katie, would you like to start us off with the opening of the movie? Absolutely. So, I do have a teeny tiny synopsis. Um, try to be as spoiler free as possible, just in case you're still listening and you're not sure if you want to be spoiled. You don't want it spoiled for you, though. I promise. Um, actually, although I did spoil it for a friend because I called them right afterwards and they said they didn't care. Anyways, um, after suffering a personal loss following a home invasion, Madison is haunted by a series of dreams that correlate to a series of real life murder sequences. But is she suffering a real life horror or is it all in her head? Da 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 da. Also, by the way, there's a recurring Pixie song reference in this whole movie that I didn't yes. catch until someone mentioned it. And then I re-listened to it and I was like, that is what's happening. Um, yeah, it's, 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 um, a, it's a cover of Where Is My Mind and it's performed by Safari Riot yes. just because I had to look up the actual soundtrack because I'm okay. like, 
is this like a vanilla ice thing or is this an actual cover? But rest assure our friends, this is an actual cover <laughs> where it's my mind that's playing throughout the movie. So the second time I watched, I was like, that is because I, I was like, why does this music sound familiar? But I couldn't quite place it. Also, the music is used so dramatically. Like, at first, I was very confused. But the second time, I just loved it so much. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll get started with the plot. And we'll go through characters as, as they uh, present themselves. Although, the medical team, I figured we could probably talk about them towards, like, when they show up later in the plot. Because we don't really meet them until later on. Um, but we open... To this almost, like, Arkham Asylum-looking facility called the Simeon Research Hospital. Um, it's on a cliff. <laughs> and there's, like, I don't I don't know if there was lightning, but, it, like, I felt like this was a Scooby-Doo haunted hospital we were about to, like, go into. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, so automatically, just over the top, just from the scene alone. Um, and we see this facility, like, they're in a frenzy. There's this, um, there's a Dr. Weaver, and she's talking about how this patient, Gabriel, is, like, getting out of control, and they don't know how much longer they have to control him if he keeps getting stronger. And then, like, another doctor's like, Dr. Weaver, Dr. Weaver! And they, they have this, like, over-the-top, like, running through the hospital, like, what's going on? The electroshock therapy's not working! And then you just see, like, an orderly get thrown down the hall, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And they take a trank gun, and basically, like, like this Gabriel patient has, like, killed all of these uh, staff members, and <laughs> very dramatically, there's an up-close, and Dr. Weaver's just like, it's time to cut out the cancer. And then it's like, da 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 Like, crazy heavy metal music and glitchy. Because he's talking to them through electricity, threatening to kill them all. So, like, the entire, like, credit sequence is, like, glitches and medical stuff. And just crazy heavy metal. Like, not even heavy metal, but just, like, like crazy rock music like like it's so funny and i was just like what the fuck is this i love it um but then it completely changes tone in the next scene which i i love um so we meet madison um she which okay so madison lives in seattle she it's modern day and she's, like, driving the most beat-up station wagon I've ever seen. But she has this beautiful house. And I was a little... I was like, how can you afford this gorgeous house in Seattle? Because um, it's, like, this Victorian house. But, like, you're driving with the shittiest car in the world. Does not compute, but okay. Um, but she basically, like, drives up and she's visibly pregnant. We don't really get told what Madison's profession is. But it's something medical because she's wearing scrubs, we assume. Um, by the way, uh, Madison is played by Annabelle Wallace, who I was like, okay, I think I might have mentioned this last week. When I saw the commercials for this movie, um, and I only saw a couple of them because I wanted to keep myself in the dark, um, I thought it was Jessica Chastain in a really bad black wig. Turns out it's just, uh, Annabelle Wallace in a black wig, but that's fine. Um, she was Mia, the mom in Annabelle. She was Jane yes. Seymour on the TV show The Tudors. And she was Tom Cruise's love interest in the abomination of The Mummy that I did see, and it's terrible. And she actually does a much better job in this movie than she did in that movie. She was really bland in that movie. Um, but she was also yeah, in Picky I, I Blinders. Love her home too. 
Oh, go ahead. She was oh, also in Peaky I Blinders. It's on my yeah. list and I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, she was a pretty uh, big Cillian role in Murphy, that one. Or Killian Murphy is. Killian Murphy is just absolutely delectable. Um, but she, I love the house because, like, when she first walks in, there's this giant stained window, um, stained glass window, rather. And it's so reminiscent of Suspiria, like the opening scene of the original one. And I was just like, oh, okay, okay, I get you. That's like, I love that nod. Uh, but she comes home to her husband, which the first time I watched it, for some reason, I thought she came home at night and it made more sense. But no, she comes home in the middle of the day and her husband is like sitting in their bedroom watching TV in the middle of the day. And he's like, oh, I thought you were working the late shift. And I was like, well, where are you working, dude? Because your wife is visibly pregnant and exhausted and you're just sitting at home watching TV. And it gets really over the top really quickly. This is like a Lifetime movie like spousal disagreement because she's like oh i'm not feeling good and he's like maybe you should stop getting pregnant i'm so sick of watching my children die inside of you and he's like what the f-? it just takes a hard left and then he like yeah. shoves her into a wall so bad that the plaster cracks and her head starts bleeding and she he's like oh shit baby i'm so sorry i'll get you ice and she smartly walks him out of the room by the way her husband's name is Derek. Derek is played by Jake Abel, who was someone in The Lovely Bones, which I haven't watched the movie because I read the book and I didn't want to ruin the book for me. Uh, he was Luke in the Percy Jackson movies, and he's also been on Supernatural as a recurring role. So he's done a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, it's super over the top. But like, again, it's supposed to be camp. And I, it's almost nice that they just get to the point. They're just like, he's an asshole. Uh, she's been trying to have kids and she keeps having miscarriages. It's very hurtful to her emotionally. And um, he's physically abusive. Um, so, but again, this is weird too. Which I'm not the only person who's pointed this out. But, um, like, she's a medical professional. Which, again, we don't know. Is she a nurse? Is she an orderly? Is she a doctor? We don't really know because they don't tell us her job. Just that she's some kind of medical person because she wears scrubs. Um, But, like, her head's bleeding. And she doesn't call the doctor. She just goes to sleep. Which is the last thing you're supposed to do with a head injury. Thought that was weird. But um, she wakes up. Do you want to tell about the first death? Because it's pretty good. Yes. So, yeah. So that night... Something or someone messes with Derek. Uh, and there's actually... So he's asleep on the couch, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Um, she should be, he should be sleeping in jail. That's beside the point. But he's asleep on the couch. And someone actually turns yeah. on the blender. And so I had your next vibe. Like, I thought he was going to yes. for sure be killed by a blender. But, uh, that I did too! But he is attacked and murdered. And uh, Maddie wakes up. And when she discovers the body, it's like... He his almost like his neck is cracked at like an angle that doesn't even seem possible. So she runs and she yeah. runs for the house and um, the same thing is seemingly attacks her. She flees to the nursery, but attacks her and knocks her unconscious. Um, and so that's the last thing we see is it that knocks she gets the knocked door unconscious. Off the has, yeah, it's something pretty powerful. Um, so the next scene, uh, we actually meet Kekoa Shaw. 
and his partner are sent to investigate. Um, and Keikoa is actually played by George Young, who uh, was in a shit ton of TV mm-hmm. shows. Um, but he was also on the Brian mm-hmm. Jackson show, The People, Yours Faithfully, uh, Marry Me, Grace, and Containment. Um, so this is the first time I've seen it in a major movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, but he comes to investigate with his partner, Regina. And Regina is played by uh, Michelle Brianna. Who was Encino Man, which I thought was hilarious mm-hmm. uh, because Brendan Fraser yeah! can't come back. I wrote so. that down too. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, and so we she love was you, Brendan Man, Fraser. But she was on TV shows. Yes, who doesn't love Brendan Fraser? Uh, but she was also on TV shows like The Wonder Years, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Family Matters, Blossom, just name a few. Grey's Anatomy. Um, but they go in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she's been on a shit ton of stuff. Um, and yeah. Winnie's there, and Winnie's the CST yeah. that's actually played, again, by Ingrid Bisu, that's, uh, James Wan's wife, and she kind of, mm-hmm. obviously, is obsessed with Kiko and has a crush on him, but what they're able to deduce, whoever murdered, uh, Derek, hit, their fingerprints are upside down, they're, like, almost like they were hanging from the ceiling, and he's like, was there footprints on the ceiling? They're like, no, but... So, something weird is going on. We know this much from the beginning. That yes. there's something unexplainable going on. Did it you bother think? you Did at it? all that Winnie, like, has giant-ass glasses? Like, almost fake-looking glasses? It, it, it didn't. I didn't catch that. But I, um, I just thought, like, automatically, oh, she's kind of like the quirky little nerd that's cute. Well, I've seen, like, pictures of her IMDb, and she's, like, a beautiful model-slash-actress. Um, so I just thought it was kind of, it almost looked like, you know, Clark Kent putting on glasses kind of thing. But I mean, like, honestly, I thought like it was like some cute comic relief. And I think that character would be totally appropriate in like a campy horror movie. So I really didn't find it bad. I, it, it seemed obvious that she was either, cause I didn't know she had written it. I didn't know who she was before the first time I watched it. I, I knew this after I watched the second time but she didn't seem to like completely fit in like she seemed like a bit part but like she wasn't like distracting so i don't i don't really mind her actually at all so i thought she was cute um yeah so anyways uh so we meet all of those people and then madison um wakes up in the hospital and her sister sydney is at her side played by Ironically, her name is Maddie. Maddie Hassan, or Hassan, not really sure how she says her last name. Um, she was in God Bless America, which I had heard that maybe, and I have not watched it yet, but it's on my list. Impulse and the TV show Mr. Mercedes. Um, it was interesting because, like, they made them look like sisters, be- almost with, like, their haircuts. Because they both yes. have the exact same haircut, but different James Wan styles. Is- like, one's James really Wan is obsessed with... Yes, there are steps with bangs in this movie. Every other actress in this movie has bangs. Yeah, everyone has bangs in this movie. Except for um, the female detective, Detective Moss, who is, like, sassy. She's, like, sassy and over the top, and she's pretty funny. I actually, honestly really liked the guy that played Kakoa. He was very cute, yeah. and he was actually really good. He didn't, like, I will say, like, there's one part where he's, like, chasing the, we'll just say right now, the villain, and he was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I must be fucking crazy. But it wasn't, like, over the top. It was just kind of like, yeah, I would probably say that if I was, like, in this situation, too. Okay. Like, he's, everyone does a good job. Um, even though this is, like, batshit insanity. Um, so, 
Sydney's there. She tells Madison that neither Derek nor her baby survived the home invasion, sadly, because they're all assuming it's a home invasion. But there's no there's no evidence of forced entry, but they're like, you know, she was knocked out and he was killed in a very bizarre way. So it seems like a home invasion because the neighbors heard the commotion. Um, and uh, Sydney tells uh, Detective Kakoa or Detective Shaw that um, he uh, that Madison has had three miscarriages in two years, and Sydney's or Kakoa tells her that, and Sydney's like, "I didn't know that because Derek kept us apart." So obviously, Derek's just an asshole um, who was isolating Madison, and which is you know kind of textbook behavior for an abusive spouse. And, um, you know, they move you away from all of your friends and family, and then they control everything you do. Like, if you are ever having a weird relationship, do not move away with that person. That is not going to save your marriage. If they want to separate you from your friends, it's a bad sign. Believe me, I've been in that relationship. It's not good. Anyways, um, so Sydney and Detective Shaw seem to have a little bit of a crush on each other, by the way. Like, it's kind of implied. Which I feel, you feel bad for Winnie, because she obviously has a crush on Detective Shaw as well. But, you know, he's just the cute, the cute detective. Um, and at the autopsy, they have, like, the hand patterns that are upside down. But there are no fingerprints. Um, and they know that Derek used to beat up Madison from the neighbor's testimony, so they're all assuming that Madison killed Derek because, you know, that's motive. And it's a very funny reveal because Detective Moss is just like, and that's motive. Da-da-da! The next scene is kind of like the one scene that they show in the trailer. Um, which, I mean, I feel like in the trailer they were just trying to set up visually the movie. Because they didn't give a whole lot away in, in the trailer. In the trailer I saw, which is just this next scene. Do you want to go through that one? Um, so, I, I don't know if we have the same thing down. Um, but it's that two weeks later, uh, Sid drops Maddie off. Because she's gotten out of the hospital after the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and that night, she noticed a figure in the street watching her. Uh, which, I will touch upon this later. Um, but she rushes to lock everything. Yeah, but weird. finds the back door un- yeah, it is weird when you think about it, right? Yeah, like, hmm. Yeah, hmm, like, hmm. I have a yeah. whole list of questions in my con section. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, it's hmm. one of them. Um, but she she rushes to lock everything, but finds the back door unlocked and open. Um, and there's this cool, she's going for yeah. the house. I do have to Which, mention this because there's this cool, you go. Why wasn't her door already locked? I'm sorry. Why wasn't her door already locked? Like, yeah. I. You thought someone invaded your home. You took a shower without locking your door. Anyways, all, go ahead. Sorry. All I had to, as a as a very quick segue, very quick, all I had to do as a 13-year-old with obsessive-compulsive disorder, read that Richard Ramirez uh, purposely went into people's houses whose doors were left unlocked because he saw <gasps> the sign of God. Oh, my God. All I had to do was read that as a 13-year-old mm-hmm. with OCD. My doors to my house are always locked. And then my husband is a, a technology nut. So we have security cameras everywhere. So you think that's... Uh, but Madison yes. does the second best thing. She doesn't buy security cameras, but she does put deadbolts on everything throughout the house. Um, yeah. And so Sid comes to visit because she's a good sister. Um, and she, 
Maddie <laughs> reveals to Sid that I love she was scene. abused routinely. Wait. Oh yeah, it's great. She, yeah. Yes. This was the scene that changed. I don't love this part of the movie, but this is the scene yeah. that. Yes, this is where yeah, I was like, "Holy shit, scene. this is amazing!" This is a great <laughs> scene. So, um, so she reveals to Sid that she was routinely abused by Derek. She shows him the the crack in the wall, which is very like, sad. I just wanted you. I wanted to leave him, but I wanted a blood connection. And you know, she was like, "Oh, I got pregnant again. I wanted a blood connection." Which is and why I wanted a Sydney's baby. Sydney's just like a blood connection, and she's like, oh, "Sid." I was adopted, and it's like doo, doo. it starts playing like the cover "Where's My Mind," and like the act, she's like her eyes are really really big, and she's like, ah. it was like, like the, the scene from Jaws. Side. Yeah, which why was that a secret? You like I don't understand yeah. how that would be a secret in your family, like because her yeah. her mom doesn't seem weird or like abusive. I feel like her mom would have just been like like most parents who have adoptive and biological children do not like keep it a secret that we adopted one of you unless like especially because uh sydney's the older sibling or the younger sibling i mean sydney's the younger madison's the older you would think that they would be i mean because there wouldn't be any pictures of madison in the house when she was younger than eight so you would think that sydney who seems seems like a very curious person would have been like where are the baby pictures? Why would you lie about maybe, that? I don't know. Maybe maybe every time they reveal something big to Sydney, they're like, damn it, we gotta hear that fucking cover, where's my mind again? Like, they're like, Sydney, we could have love a that, though. party this Saturday. It's rainy. Maybe Sydney is, like, very easily it's shocked. It's so funny. And just her face gets frozen like that every time they reveal something. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love uh, this movie. Because it's like, and that was the moment where I was just like, just like you. I was like, oh, I'm here for this. Yes. Yeah. I think I recorded yeah, myself going was, like, wait, what? It made me realize, oh, I was like, great. oh, they're not taking themselves seriously at all. I get it. I yeah. get it. It's like Bo Burnham. Also, I get it. <laughs> I it also like it does like make sense when you're like paying homage to camp. Um, whether it's Jalo or um, there's some Asian horror references, and then again, there's one reference that I can't say until we get to the punchline of the whole movie. But like, it, you know, it, it it makes sense because a lot of Jalo was very visually shocking because. Um, like a lot of Italian movies, like whether it was spaghetti westerns or 70s horror filmed in Italy, people would speak their own native language and then they would dub over. And so a lot of things were more visual. The acting was more visual and over the top. So it makes sense. Like, like, and again, this is, these are subtle homages. This isn't like they're just making a giallo film in modern times. They're just kind of taking like different concepts like the black gloved killer is a theme because every time the killer kills somebody they're wearing black gloves um there's a like a theme of red lights which is like neon lights is a huge thing when it comes to giallo and like big open space sets that almost look like 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 a like a first grade play or something like big open sets like two is a huge thing in Jalo too, where, like, it looks really opulent in some places, but then it also looks very, like, rudimentary or simple, simple, yeah. like a big open space, which is more like in the police station 
And there's a jail sequence, which we'll get to, which might be the best sequence of the whole thing, uh, which has some surprising cameos as well. Sorry. Anyways, uh, yeah. So the next thing that happens is we have, like, just a random attack scene. Oh, so, yeah. So literally the first time I watched this, we were watching this movie, you see the lady, she's giving a tour of the Seattle Underground, like a Seattle Underground tour, and I said, is that Maddie? Because for a second, I was like, oh, yeah. that actress looks just like Maddie because she has the exact same fucking haircut, bangs, long dark hair, and then I was but, like, that's not Maddie, but why but did they wink, cast wink. someone that looks just like Maddie? Yeah. The second that I watched it, I really got that. I was like, oh my gosh, no, they look identical. I got it the first time. First time, yeah, because it was well, just you, so obvious. I blame the wine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you can't blame the wine. You, <laughs> what I actually love about this movie, I like it when I feel smart in movies. And the fact that I guess 90% of this movie, I was like, I feel really smart. But uh, realistically, it's probably intentionally I definitely guess like that. Partially, I guess a lot of it, but also like the way things happen and were revealed, I was like. Oh, that's interesting. Like I knew it was going to be similar to what it ended up to be, but I was I was like, how are they going to do it though? And the way they yeah. did it was like the best way possible. Um, by the way, um, the tour guide we'll call her Jane Doe because we don't know her name for a lot mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, is played by yeah. uh, Jean Louisa Kelly, who was in Uncle Buck and Mr. Holland's Opus and a ton of TV. Which, by the way, uh, Underground Seattle is a real thing. They really did have an old Seattle, and like the catacombs, they built a new Seattle over old Seattle after, I think, a fire? Um, so it's a real thing. Um, but yeah, so yes. uh, we see this woman giving a tour. She's closing up. She hears a noise. She f- senses something chasing her. She turns the light, nothing's there, but then she gets knocked out. And she is taken hostage by, like, this... Okay, this, like... Okay, if you guys know the movie The Crow, right? Was it just me? Yes. Or was this, like, a ripoff of The Crow? So this, this person's wearing, like, a duster. Like, a dentist from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia duster. Um, long, stringy black hair where you can't see their face. And they're wearing black gloves. And she's in this, like, giant attic. And she's tied up, and the the person, which I think I think everybody knows, it's Gabriel. We just don't know yeah. who or what Gabriel is, but they'd say Gabriel in the beginning. So obviously, it's Gabriel. Gabriel starts speaking through the radio, and he's like, "I've been waiting so long for this, but first I have to get Doctor Weaver." And he calls Doctor Weaver, um, who was the doctor from the beginning, and her name, her the actress's name is Jacqueline McKenzie, who was also been in a lot of stuff. She's an Australian actress. Um, Deep Blue Sea was the most notable thing I saw. But she also played one of the younger versions of the, I think, of Teensy in Yaya, in the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which I love that book. Movie's good, too, but I will say the book is better. Um, And the 4400, which I've never watched, but I always heard people really liked that show. So um, she's doing a lot of stuff. Um, And she is, like, the only Australian person who keeps their accent. Or British. She sounds more British than Australian, though. So maybe I'm mixing up colonies or whatever. Um, but so she's retired. She's sitting, like, at her home. And in all of the scenes with her, she's got this giant-ass medical um, award, which 
it looks like a weapon from day one. It looks like a giant knife with the snakes wrapped around it. And I'm just like, I don't think anyone would have chosen that for a medical degree. But it says that she is a pediatric surgeon. So you're like, okay, so she surgically did something to this Gabriel person. Okay. Um, and he calls her and he repeats to her what she said at the beginning of the movie was like, it's time to cut out the cancer. And she's like, oh shit. And she, okay, this is also weird because she goes to like her bookshelf behind her desk and she goes to her files, which are paper files, which I found weird because I feel like everything's electronic with medical stuff nowadays. But anyway, she has books, a physical book, and she's like, oh, patient May. That's all you really know. Um, because we go back to Maddie, and she's doing laundry. And this is, like, the first time she, like... She did have a dream about Derek's murder. But this is the first time she's, like, awake when this starts happening. So she's doing her laundry. And I really like the way they did this. Because you see Dr. Weaver's face through the window of her washing machine door. And um, you hear Dr. Weaver say, what are you doing in my house? And Maddie's like, this is my house. Because she's completely freaked out by this and she's like what are you doing in my house and then she's kind of transported into dr weaver's house as she witnesses gabriel who she doesn't know is gabriel but the the killer she does recognize him as the same person that was chasing her at her home um and he starts attacking dr weaver and she can't move so she's basically like i i thought about sleep paralysis in the sequence. Yeah. Like how people describe, luckily, thank God I've never had sleep paralysis, but I know a lot of people have where they just, you're awake, but you can't move, which is terrifying. I have. Yeah. Have you had sleep paralysis before? Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. It's awful. It feels like you're dead. I'm so sorry. For me, when I get it, my eyes can't open either. So I'm laying in complete movement and I can't even open my eyes. So it doesn't happen very often, um, Uh but it does happen occasionally. Okay. Yeah. It feels oh like, you're God, dead. like your I'm mind so is working, but not that. a part of you can move. Yeah. That's so terrifying. Yeah. Um, but she's basically like having sleep paralysis, which is way more common than I think people know. So Maddie is paralyzed as she watches Gabriel take <laughs> Dr. Weaver's giant award. And okay, I thought it was a missed opportunity because I thought he was going to stab her. But instead he just takes the base of it and beats the shit out of her. And you're just like, yeah. I was like, okay, but it looks like a knife, so why don't you stab her? But okay, whatever, it's fine. Um, and to her knowledge, when Maddie wakes up in her house, she's never left her house. And she just wakes up on the floor of her kitchen in the morning, but her head's bleeding again. Um, which again, yeah. she doesn't call the doctor. How does that make any sense? Yeah, and how um, about... How about, I will also say, so the scene before we see Dr. Weaver in her, her um, the window of her washer, she literally is coming down the stairs, because this is the only scene in the movie that made me jump. She's coming down the stairs, and she sees a figure run by, and she proceeds to still oh, yeah, walk down the fucking stairs like normal and do laundry. Like, what the fuck, Maddie? You literally well, I see think someone maybe walk because... by. I think maybe because that earlier sequence where she thought someone was in the house with the door open and she ran through the hall and there was that top-down visual. And then she was like, it's all in your head. Yeah. It's all in your head. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, um, but yeah. I think, like, maybe she's she's assuming that she's having visions and they're not real. I think. Yeah. Is she's trying to ignore it, Ooh. maybe? Yeah. Or, 
I'm just like, saying, later on, we know that she's not aware of her sur- Yeah, but did she see the person? Because, like, there's a later part where they kind of explain that she's not always aware of her surroundings when this stuff is happening. I, so I wonder if maybe she I thought she it. did. I thought she did because I thought she jumped okay. on the staircase. Yeah, I could be wrong, but oh, okay. I thought she jumped on the staircase, yeah, when she saw it. I don't know. Sometimes but, I yeah. feel like I see people in my peripheral, and then they're not there, and then I'm just like... It's just your eyes playing tricks on you. Or maybe a ghost. I'm not really sure. Yeah, you're right. But she does wake up the next morning. Her head is bleeding. Which brings us to the next scene. So the next day, uh, they go to... The the detectives go to Dr. Weaver's home for the crime scene. And they find a picture of a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on Dr. Weaver's desk. So meanwhile, Gabriel makes a weapon out of the trophy. And Maddie reveals to Sid that she saw the murder happening. And she knows it was the same guy that attacked her that murdered Dr. Weaver. So these scenes are yes. all like back to back with each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and they're they're like we are going to read all of these files and we are going to get to the bottom of this. And um then Madison has yet another vision this time. Um and you know we did see this person in the beginning, but it's Dr. Uh, Fields who's played by Christian Clemenson. Who's been in a lot of stuff. Apollo 13, American Crime Story, and Veronica Mars, apparently. Along with a ton of other stuff. Uh, looks like he's been doing a lot of, like, uh, supporting roles for many years. Um, and, like, this one's freaky. This is where you see the picture of her in the red light. She basically sees his apartment, and he's asleep in bed. And he's talking on the phone before Madison's uh, aware um, about how, like, how awful it is about Dr. Weaver and how he hadn't talked to her for a very long time. And then whoever's on the phone with him mentions, which I think we can assume is probably Dr. Gregory, who is the third doctor that we, um, experience. Um, like how, like, let's not talk about Simeon. Like that was a long time ago. Like obviously something bad happened and we know cause we saw the beginning sequence, but, um, he is like sleeping in bed. Okay. This was kind of funny too, because so, Madison is transported once again to this uh, apartment and she sees the name of a hotel and then she screams when she sees him in bed. But he's just sleeping. So I thought it was a little early for her to scream. But, I mean, I think she's just terrified at this point that she's going to see someone yeah. murdered again. And, like, she gets drenched in bright red light as you see, like, this the figure of Gabriel... Um, appear behind her and then all of a sudden Gabriel is just like murdering uh, Dr. Fields and she's like oh holy shit so Madison and Sydney finally like go to the detectives because I think Madison's a little afraid that you know because she knows all this they're going to blame her and um, she's like hey I'm having visions of the killer's murders and Detective Moss is like what the fuck is wrong with you but uh, Kakoa's kind of like he's nice he's very like sweet about it uh, Madison goes to the bathroom and she gets a phone call uh, from Gabriel referring to her as Emily and um, she starts remembering Gabriel and um, the police let her go and she tells Sydney that, like, the police are going to suspect me. We need to go. But I remember Gabriel. He was, like, my imaginary friend. And um, as they're, right after they leave, Detective Shaw is given an age progression photo, which I think, Britt, you were touching on, yeah, of the photo they found in Dr. Weaver's house, right? 
his co-worker basically is like, yeah, I thought that's why you called her in. And, of course, it's Maddie. Maddie's the little girl in the photo. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, it's her. So, yeah. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. But they, so the girls go to their mom's house um, to get some Which answers. Which their mom is the... Their mom is the only other character that doesn't have... The only other female character that doesn't have bangs. So, I will say mom doesn't have bangs. Yes. But every other woman in the, in the movie, except yes. for mom and Regina, has bangs. But surprisingly, yeah, even though Sid I, had that big... Even though Sid had that big reaction to being adopted, like, Maddie just goes to mom and is like, Mom, when I was adopted, did I mention Gabriel? And she doesn't even go, Oh my god, we were keeping that a secret from Sydney or anything. Like, she's just like... Yeah, she's like, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, weird. And uh, the mom's name is Jean, by the way. She's played by Susanna Thompson, who is currently on, I think, Arrow, if it's still airing. She was on NCIS. I think she was the love interest of the main character, the older guy, because my Mark Harmon. Um, And then she was also on Star Trek Voyager as the Borg Queen. But, yeah, so she's, like, she's, like... Oh yeah, like she doesn't. She doesn't like say anything about like yeah. Sydney wasn't supposed to know you were adopted, honey. But she's just like yeah. Like I don't know. She first she's like oh I think Madison first is like did I have a sibling or something? And she's like no. Yeah. They told us that your mom died at birth and that um, if you had had a sibling, they would have tried to place you together. Um, and yeah. then Maddie asked her about Gabriel, and the mom's like, oh, holy fucking shit. She's like, I thought you would forget about him. And, um, basically, they show, was this, yeah, this is, so they, they, they go to this birthday party video, and, and keep um, in mind, Maddie has the same haircut, like, like, has oh, the same haircut. Yeah, she has, has the same haircut, and it's so McKenna Grace. By the way, the the actress who plays younger Maddie is McKenna Grace, who has been in, like, a ton. She's, like, like a really good, like, younger actress. She's getting a little older now, but you would see her. She was in that, like, troop. Uh, what was that show called? Uh, she's in the new Ghostbusters movie. She's She was I, she was Tanya in I, Tanya Young. And she was um, little Theo in Haunting of Hill House. But she's also been yeah. in a lot of stuff. She's, like, a really good, like, younger actress. Um, but I was like, oh, I know her. She doesn't look super recognizable in this one, though, with the bangs and the Maddie haircut. Um, but they show this birthday video where, like, uh, Maddie is, like, talking to her angry and violent imaginary friend Gabriel. And apparently Gabriel is trying to, like, coerce her to do all these violent and terrible things to her family. But she loves her family. And at the time... Um, Maddie's and Sydney's mom is pregnant with Sydney, and so basically, like, uh, Gabriel's like, hurt the baby, and she's like, please don't hurt the baby, and, like, she's talking to him on, like, a little play telephone, but also, like, she's, like, nine. She wouldn't be playing with yeah. a, telefo- a play telephone at nine. That's something, like, a five-year-old does. I was like, okay, but whatever. I get it, because electricity, and he's calling her in the present, so I guess maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, but basically, like, her mom's like, we thought he was a coping mechanism. And we thought, like, if you got secure enough in your life here, and if we gave you enough love and attention, like, you would get rid of him. And we thought you had. Um, so, but it's just very interesting. But also, like, obviously, like, they adopted Maddie thinking maybe they couldn't have kids. And then, like, they ended up having Sydney, which is why she has a sibling. Um... But I do feel like she seems really secure in her family. 
especially for being an older adopted child, because usually, like, kids that are adopted after the age of, like, four or five, like, have a harder time adapting to a new family because, you know, it is harder because you have more memories of your past before that. But Maddie says she doesn't remember anything before her adoption, which is very strange. Yeah. That is, yeah, I would say usually, but usually isn't that like with trauma that they believe that happens, that people will block out entire years of their life from trauma. So, I mean, I guess psychological wise, yeah. that could be a possibility. So. Also, this, this could be a, maybe a dissociative identity disorder, which I don't know if this would be, well, <laughs> it's not really dissociative identity disorder because she would have more than one or two personalities, but you know, like, when trauma happens when you're that young, you can have a dissociative state where you your brain blocks off the part of itself that remembers the trauma so you can survive. Um, because it is a coping mechanism. It's protecting your brain. Um, anyways, Detective Shaw is doing his own detective work, and he finds videos in Dr. Weaver's Simeon files, and um, he reads that, like, Dr. Weaver enlisted the help of Dr. Fields and Dr. Gregory to help Emily when she started showing signs of psychosis in conjunction with her, you know, quote-unquote, unusual condition. At this point, they don't know what the unusual condition is. Um, Maddie then, in present time, starts to have another vision, this time of Dr. Gregory, who's played by Amir Abulela, who was in Why Women Kill, I think the latest season of it, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Legion, which are, I love Legion. Um, he does a lot of guest work. Um, and he is found, like, dead in his bathroom, which his bathroom is beautiful, by the way. Um, in a very, like, Jalo-esque bloody scene, um, by Detective Shaw, who, like, just, sh- also, he just shows up by himself, which, you wouldn't yeah, he, do that. Yeah, he just seduces, call- I mean, he's like, his- he's gonna be the next victim, and just shows up. Yeah. Wouldn't you bring backup, though? Like, I know his partner left because she had date night, but, like, wouldn't you call somebody else to come help you? I don't know. Just to me, like, that would be really stupid when people are getting murdered all over the place to go by yourself without backup. But whatever. Um, but he, like, Maddie is watching this happen. She sees Detective Shaw come up, and she screams whether or not he, I, I, they weren't really clear if he could hear her or not, but she's like, Detective, he's still here. And so... Gabriel is, like, like doing gymnastics, and they're, like, pursuing each other all through the streets of Seattle, and it gets very action-y. And, um, Gabriel escapes, and Detective Shaw and Detective Moss inform Sydney and Maddie that all three murder victims worked on Maddie's medical case before her adoption when she was Emily, and Shaw asked Madison to work with this hypnotherapist to remember her life before the adoption. I love Detective Moss, by the way. She's very funny. She's good fun. She's a good uh, comic relief character. Um, but she's also super tough. Um, so basically, they... I'm sorry, I'm trying to, like, speed through this because I know, like, we're, this movie's a lot to talk about. Um, she remembers um, Gabriel, like, when she's with the hypnotherapist. They're at her house. She's remembering a memory where Gabriel was, like invisibly followed her to her new home and was constantly misbehaving but then madison would get the blame um madison would get in trouble and like her parents thought she was lying all the time and um gabriel calls maddie on that play phone and convinces her to get a knife and he tells her that she's gonna cut a slice from her mom's baby shower cake and uh madison kind of shakes out of her trance and realizes she's standing 
above her mom who's sleeping about to like stab Sydney as a fetus inside of her mom and she starts screaming and drops the knife and then the mom starts screaming and she just starts freaking out in present day and so they take her out of the hypnotherapy because she's like having a panic attack and she's like so this has happened before Gabriel would cause me to black out and uh, would always want me to hurt people including Sydney because he just wanted me to be dependent on him and he and then she goes he was a buried memory buried deep in my head um yeah which just brings us to jane doe who's still in that layer trying to break out yeah and she does and she steps through a rotten floorboard and she falls okay this was not done well because she falls straight into their living room but if she was in the attic wouldn't she have had to fall through a couple like two floors, floors? I don't yeah know. yeah yeah so and she, like, lands in the living room when they're all in Maddie's house. And so they're like, oh, God, Maddie. Oh, and this was the best because Maddie screams. And they do this yeah. close-up and, and there's more crazy-ass music. And this was where I was like. Yeah. But I thought at this they, point they it would have been where's better my mind again. Like, Ooh, wah! Yeah, they do Where's My Mind again. So she oh has this fantastic God. scream and it pans into her face and it does the do 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 like Where's My Mind music. And yeah. so she's arrested and taken mind? away because her house is now a crime scene. Um, and of mm-hmm. course they find Gabrielle's outfit and Gabrielle's outfit and weapon in the attic as well. Um, so yeah, so they're like, mm-hmm. you're Gabriel, like you, you are the murderer. Um, and so the next scene is they try to interrogate Madison and this is what's weird. So, literally, the light bulbs yeah. are already flashing, and she's just going for the kill. Like, she's she's not even attempting to slow down. She just continues to interrogate Madison, and Madison's like, it wasn't me. And all the light bulbs blow before her phone starts to ring. Or Keikoa's phone starts mm-hmm. to ring. And it's Gabriel. And Madison's like, he wants to talk to you. Like, all creepy. Yeah. And meanwhile... Meanwhile, um, so they're having this conversation with Gabriel, and Sid goes to the abandoned mental hospital where Maddie was adopted from before and parks in literally the worst fucking possible parking space. Oh, sorry. Before we get to that, Gabriel tells them that Madison had no idea what I was doing the whole time. So he is, like, absolving her, admitting that she actually didn't know what was going on. Um, and yeah. that, and he's like, I'm just a figment of her imagination. Tell them what you used to call me. And she goes, the devil. And then it goes to Sydney, which I think is great. Yeah, she, she parks in the worst possible parking space possible. Um, but this is cool. She goes inside the, yes. um, the asylum. And there's actually like an old the changeling wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look, it's the wheelchair from the changeling. Um, yes, it's really just an old wheelchair. Yeah. What the fuck was that um, about? She, I know. I loved it. Uh, it a lot of callbacks to other horror movies. <laughs> she goes to the records department, which is of course in the basement. Um, yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Maddie's being locked up, and Sid finds all these videos that just so happen to be there. In the video, it is revealed because yes. she takes the videos back home and she watches them with mom. And the videos revealed that yeah, um, yeah. here's the punchline. The punchline yeah. of the movie is the yeah, video. It, it's amazing. Yeah. It's the best reveal. It's revealed that they're that. So we know for sure that the woman in the video is Emily's mother, and it's but she keeps talking about her two Serena. children. And it's, yeah, and it's revealed that their fifteen-year-old yes. mother gave them. 
both up for adoption. Yeah, yeah. she was raped at 15, yeah. and she decided to carry her babies to term. She gave them up for adoption. And so it's then revealed, which I already had called because they gave him the same damn haircut, that the woman, the addict, the Jane Doe, is their mother. So it is Emily's mother. Right. And so this is the big twist, though, because there's another video that's revealed. So I I already knew Gabrielle had to be Maddie's sibling. Like, I knew that was definitely going to be there. But this is is the big reveal that, of course, people are going to be talking about for a while. Would you like to do the honors, or would you like me to do it? Oh, I can do it. (laughs) But they they do kind of foreshadow it because Sydney is reading, like, she just hurriedly says something about, like, absorbed in utero. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm immediately like, it's like Dwight Schrute when he says, you know, (laughs) I absorbed my twin in the womb, so now I have the strength of both a full-grown man and a tiny baby. And I was like, okay. Um, but we see this video of Sydney. I'm not Sydney, of Madison. Um, Sydney and her mom are watching this. So you see Sydney, and she looks pretty normal. Not Sydney, Madison. I keep calling Madison Sydney. Um, you see Madison as a child, and she's like in she's being interviewed by Dr. Weaver, who seems like she really cares about her. And apparently Dr. Weaver was like a renowned ch- child surgeon who did reconstructive surgery. So like she's actually trying to help Emily slash Madison. And she's talking to um Madison and um she she tells him that don't worry, we've sedated Gabriel, but we just need to know what's going on. And Madison's like well, he's been telling me to do violent things. She's like, he's talking? And she's like, sometimes it's words and sometimes it's just feelings. But she wanted me to kill Billy. And so Emily slash Madison ended up attacking this person named Billy who's much bigger than her. And she's like, oh, Gabriel makes me strong. And in, like, the best reveal I've ever seen, they go, let's wake him up now. And they turn around and it's revealed that not only is Gabriel, like, her her twin... But he's like a parasitic, quote-unquote, teratoma, which he's not a teratoma. He's a parasitic twin. And he looks like Skeletor with tiny baby arms. He looks... Remember the episode of Spongebob with the older lady? And, and Spongebob's trying to sell her chocolate. And he's like, uh, where's your mother, young chocolate. lady? And it's just a spinal column. Yes, yeah, it's I just am. a spinal column yeah. and head. That is what Gabriel looks like. Sydney and her mom are like, oh my god! Maddie! And it's like, it's great. It's the best reveal. And also, like, when Gabriel wakes up, he's just like, like a monster. And you're just like, I don't want to laugh at this. But this is also where, obviously, the movie Basket Case is a huge, a huge inspiration for this movie. It's very different because Basket Case is much funnier, like, and outlandish. But Basket Case is the same thing where, like, um, there is a parasitic twin, um who uh doctors tried to cut him off of his you know average twin and they take revenge on the doctors who tried to separate them but like the average twin and him like they communicate more freely it's not like he's taking of her mind see and what i thought what i thought i will say this real quick so i caught the in utero thing too that sid reads through so because they also showed that in the opening sequence so i caught that but I thought for sure that maybe it was like a psychic link from the embryo that she had somehow absorbed. I didn't realize that they were going there and he was actually attached to her. 
That was the thing that I was like, I thought she had absorbed him. Yes. I thought it was like a psychic thing. I did not think he was mm-hmm. going to be a full ass half a body. <laughs> That's why I was like, what? This is what we're doing? This is what we're doing. Okay. Okay. This I'm here for it. Yeah. And this is, so they show the surgery because like the reason, so the reason they cut out the cancer, they remove Gabriel is because he's starting to take uh, Madison's nutrients and he's starting to feed off of her. And try to basically destroy her because he wants to take over her body. So what they do is, in a very graphic surgical sequence, they, like, saw off all of his body parts. And then, but they can't remove his brain because they share a brain, supposedly. So uh, they just kind of tuck him into her skull and just kind of close it back up. And they're like, it's fine. Um, but I was like, why, like, this is another question I had, is like, why doesn't she have more scars on her back? Like, I guess yeah. maybe we don't see her back, but like, you think yeah. you have some pretty intense scarring. But yeah, um, basically, they also explain that Gabriel convinces Madison that she's living her everyday life and she's not involved in what he's doing with her body at all. And she's in a quote-unquote mental prison. I don't, this is kind of a stretch, but Sydney basically infers that the reason Madison keeps having miscarriages is that Gabriel's been, like, sucking up their life force to gain strength. Which kind of seems like a stretch, but okay. I guess, well, I don't know if one fetus can absorb another fetus. I guess he could, but he's in her brain. There's a lot of things that are not explained and very confusing. And this is... Actually, I really like the editing of this, though, because while we're seeing Mom and Sid watch oh, these yeah. videos in prison, Maddie is actually being accosted by two other detainees. Um, and so we literally One of start whom. to see her. She looks like she's she's having a seizure. And so everyone backs up and is like, this bitch is yes. having a seizure. And then, um, but we see that he is able, as Gabriel reveals himself. Did you see who one of her attackers is? The Mm-mm. blonde lady in the mullet? Do you know who that is? It's Zoe uh-uh. Bell from Death Proof and and The Bride uh. from Kill Bill. It's Zoe Bell in a mullet. And then the, I don't know who the oh, disco yeah. lady is, but I guess she, she's, she's probably a stunt person too. But yeah, Zoe Bell, Zoe the cat, um, is the lady in the mullet. That's awesome. She's a very um, famous stunt but, artist. and Yes, she is. She's I'm glad Anyways. you pointed out that bit of trivia. Yes. Um, so it is revealed he is hijacking her body. Um, and then she reveals part of her skull, which is Gabriel. Uh, and he's at the base of her skull. And what is a phenomenally fucking, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just like, we're, we're doing this, we're I, doing this. And I'm in, I'm in for it. it. The editing makes it so worth it, too. Yeah, and, and our friend You're Jenna right, even messaged great. me. Our friend Jenna watched this movie and messaged me and was like, my favorite part is somehow he knows Kung Fu. Like, he's been in the back of her skull all these years. Right? Lying dormant. And he knows Kung Fu. Like, he's just, you know, he's like in a John Wick movie. Like, do you think, like, that was happening? And that's, like, a whole other sequence where, like, Gabriel's preparing. <laughs> like, Oh, maybe. Like, or maybe backwards. he, like, switched but, it. Like, he took yeah. over a body and watched, like, some old martial art movies. Or maybe he was watching, like, some parkour videos on YouTube. He'd be like, Maddie, sleep. And, like, just be... Parkour! Parkour. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, it's yeah. amazing, because, like, like he's backwards. He's, like, fighting yeah. backwards. And Maddie's head is just, like, completely frozen. Chilling. Her face is now, like, the back. It's insane. It is. 
It's so it's amazing. funny. So, we learned that because Sid calls um, Kikoa and lets him know, like, hey, when Maddie's head was smashed, it woke Gabriel back up. And uh, so Gabriel goes yeah. to the evidence room because he's killed all the other detainees. He's killed the prison guard. He gets his coat and his weapon back. And Winnie's smart enough to hide. So Winnie hides and is able to survive. Yay, Winnie. Um, but Gabriel, like some action star or assassin, um, just massacres the whole police department in this brilliant, it's pretty funny. brilliant choreographed it's funny. scene. Like he's, like, he's like breaking bones. He's snapping heads. Um. Yeah, just, I, I was very confused. It. I was like, "Are we in an action movie now?" Like, I don't know yeah. how to describe either. But like, yeah, he's just he's just like breaking everybody's. I mean, he did it in the beginning of the movie too. There was like a Jurassic Park opener part where like one of the guys puts his arm in and he just breaks his arm. He's like, "Oh God, no!" Um, which I was always reminded of the Velociraptor attack and. A beginning of Jurassic Park. Such a good movie. Um, but yeah, like, he's just like, and like, you understand why they had such sparse sets, because like, they had these giant fight sequences. And like, the thing is, he's getting shot at, and like, nothing's happening. And I just love that Sydney's like, calling up on the Kakoa. He has a parasitic twin! You have to get him! Gabriel is Madison! He is inside of her! And like, Kakoa's like, oh shit! And, um, Winnie, like, hides from the, uh, from Gabriel, and he goes and gets his weapon again, and he injures, um, Moss, and he injures, uh, Kakoa, and this is, like, and it's, it's so, the like, part. and the, they're trying to run one best way. part. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to say it? Do yes, say it? it is my favorite fucking it. part it's in the great. movie. I loved it. Uh, so they're trying to, <laughs> he's trying to escape through the window. The detectives are trying to escape on the other end because they've both been fucking injured. And he literally picks up a chair, spins it, and throws it across the room and just takes both of them out with the same chair. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, cracks it it's over great. their bodies. I never so seen, good. I've never, I laughed harder. Seeing those people taken out by that chair, like, than I had in years, because I was like, oh no. my god, like, this is brilliant. <laughs> you watch WWE, and you're laughing at the chairs, but no one has taken someone out on WWE like Gabriel took those two cops. It's great. And they don't die, but it's just like, what the fuck? And then there is a really funny line where Winnie runs in, and she's like, oh my god, he took the weapons. And they're like, yeah, we fucking know. And Winnie's like, like, oh my god, Kakoa. Uh, Moss, you're hurt. And she starts calling 911. She's like, why the fuck am I calling the police? And he's like, call paramedics. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. So that was cute. I was like, that was funny. Um, so Sydney is like, Kakoa, we have to go to uh, uh, Maddie's birth mom in the hospital because she's the only one who's going to know the answers. And so they go to the hospital. And, of course, Gabriel's coming to the hospital. And Gabriel's like... I've been waiting years to kill you, mother, and stuff, and, um... Gabriel, yeah, so that was, like, that was, like, the, the, that, that made the movie, the scene in the police department made the movie for me, um, but Gabriel, it's it's kind of like, you know, Gabriel's, like, out for, like, fucking blood, because he even messes with, like, a poor security uh, officer's pacemaker and kills them, um, but before he's able to kill Sid, their birth mother... Oh, yeah, his heart explodes! Yeah, it's insane. It's like he's hardcore. He's hardcore. Um, 
but their birth mother talks to Gabriel, and she like, I, I'm, I'm sorry for giving you up. You're my son, and I should have loved you. And so Keikoa is able to shoot him before um, Gabriel mm-hmm. flips a bed on Sid. Um, and then he hurts Keikoa, so Keikoa's out of action yeah. in the hallway, like, lying there. Um, but Sid tells Which, Maddie okay. what he said earlier. Did Keikoa yeah. die or just get stabbed? No. I think he just got stabbed because I think you hear him groan. I couldn't tell if he was he dead or alive. not. I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. But okay. um That's what I thought. This is the scene where Sid does tell Maddie that Gabriel was the cause of our miscarriages. Um, and so then, and this, this did, like, I thought for a minute mm-hmm. this did happen. Usually I'm really good at seeing these type of scenes, but I, I was with it during this. So it appears as if Gabriel does shoot Sid before yeah. strangling Serena. Serena is their birth mother. So it appears he kills the both of them. But then it's revealed that Maddie caused yes. the illusion, and she's learned how to work Gabriel the same way he's worked her all these years. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to have you and, live in a world that I've created. And she puts him in a mental prison that's the exact same jail cell she was just in and killed a bunch of people in, which I just loved that. Is it just reuse, reuse that set piece? And they're just yeah. like, and he's like, you can't hide from me forever. I'll come back. And she's like, I know, Gabriel, but this time I'll be ready. And she shuts the door in his face. It's great. It's so over the top. Yeah. I love it. Someone, uh, someone else was like, I think this is because uh, me and our friend Stephanie that we had on a couple weeks ago now, uh, we, sh- you know, she said uh-huh. something and I was like, oh, well, they're obviously planning for the sequel. And she was like, this doesn't need a sequel. I was like, but it'll have a sequel. Um, I'd be very surprised if it does it. And I read where someone else was like making this um, argument where this was like a superhero story. I was like, oh, that would be really fucking cool, actually. <laughs> Um, if it was something, because... Oh my god, this would be a good origin story. Yeah, I thought so too. I was like, that would actually be awesome. Like Venom. there is a comic called Malignant, but... Yeah, yeah. And there is a comic called Malignant, but this is not related to that comic at all, by the way, guys. Um, but... The reason I I do like the idea of a superhero story is because Sid... She... Sid... Maddie comes back to being Maddie. She takes off all the clothes that she had on as Gabriel... And mm-hmm. she starts she starts to pull the bed off Sid, and Sid that goes, duster. no, you can't lift it. Yeah, Sid goes, no, you can't lift the bed. And she goes, it was my body the whole time. And she lifts the bed. And I'm like, okay. Da, da, da. Huh. And then she's like, it's very sweet because she just holds Sydney, and she's like, I've been looking for a blood connection this whole time, and it was here all along. And, like, her birth mom's still alive and looking on, like, oh, look, my baby found a family. And then it just kind of ends with, like, a light bulb flickering. And I was hoping there was an end of credit sequence, but I didn't see one. Me too. So, that's just kind of how it ends. Which I kind of appreciate not having an extra, like, jump scare. It was kind of nice. Like, there yeah. was a couple times where I thought there was going to be, like, a jump scare and they didn't happen. And I liked that. Um, but yeah, this movie is fucking bonkers and a wild roller coaster of emotions. Um... I I so recommend this movie. It's so much fun to watch. How about you? I yeah, absolutely. I I do. I think this is going to be one that's going to be really fun to discuss because there's going to be people that hate it and there's going to be people that love it. And I don't really think mm-hmm. you're going to find very many people in between, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're either here for this movie or you're not. Like I I was here for it, but I can see somebody else turning this on to me like this is shit. 
Um, was what was what were your like favorite parts? What were your pros about this movie? Uh, I really so I actually did really like the twist. I know it's goofy and it makes no sense. And the reason you know this too, um, Katie, uh-huh. I'm sure you read about this too, is that um, so conjoined twins can never be the same uh, different genders. They have to be identical. So medically speaking, this is not a remote possibility. Right. FYI for all of our people out there. Um, no. But. I do still like the twist a lot. Um, Unless I know Gabriel's des- not really gendered. Yeah. They refer to him as he, though, over and over again. I don't know. In the movie. Yeah. And what's yeah. interesting is that even yeah. when Gabriel speaks at the beginning of the movie, he sounds like a child almost, not like a child child. But then they do give him a manly voice when he does talk later in the movie. Um, but... There's the twist mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of Dead Silence and not Dead Silence and I don't want to ruin that for you, Katie, because you haven't seen it. But my Dead Silence people will understand exactly what I mean when I say that. So I really like that Juan had this kind of over the top, crazy ass twist. I love that kind of stuff. Um, if we're looking for something deeper, um, not every movie has to be deep, but I think the idea of Maddie essentially fighting for control of her own body. Um, and especially from a man, is very interesting and very powerful. Yeah. Um, if we are looking yeah. for deepness. Yeah. I really kind of like that idea. Um, I love the bird eye shots. Um, and I love the bonkers-ass police scene. Um, it is really cool how he took some inspiration mm-hmm. from different Dario Argento films. So I didn't know this, and I may be yeah. butchering this name, but um, there was a Collider article so, there's tracking shots from Tina Bray, um, and supposedly Gabriel's the son Oh, yeah, Tina Bray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Tina Bray, thank you. And Gabriel's the sign is very similar to uh, Patua and Phenomena, um, and even, so there's all these, and there's even a killer in mm-hmm. a movie that has an unusual weapon that's from a movie called Trauma he did. So, there is a lot of different odes to scary movies, and I yeah. really like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's also like um, Blood and Black Lace, which is another Jalo, like a early like Jalo film about like a killer that keeps killing people at a fashion show, and um, mm-hmm. like the Black Glove Killer was like a very specific thing, and and for some reason Gabriel puts on black gloves, which is kind of confusing. Um, because he's not going to leave fingerprints because he's backwards anyways, but okay, whatever. And also, Frank Henrenlotter's basket case is obviously a huge nod. I feel like the opening scene does set the fun, scary tone, so I would say keep it. Uh, even though it was interesting to watch it without it, too. Um, but it kind of reminds me of, like, Don't Breathe, this movie, because it's kind of, like, classy sleaze. Which Red Letter Media infamously called Don't Breathe. And that's kind of like this, like, it's very competently made. Um, it looks really cool. The visuals are good. And honestly, the performances are pretty solid, surprisingly, for such a silly premise. Um, like, people are giving decent performances. I wouldn't say Oscar-worthy performances, but they fit the tone really well. Like, they're very on point. Um, and I really liked that aspect. Um, the music was kind of weird, but I did love that, like, once you know what the music sting is and it's where is my mind, you're like, oh, I get it. And also, like, there's always little nods where Maddie's like, it's all in my head. And it's like, it is in your head because it's in your brain. Um, but I kind of liked um, that you kind of got a reverse get out experience because, like, a lot of people were, like, m- like me, I was expecting, like, a more serious horror movie at first. 
Um, and, like, with Get Out, a lot of people were expecting, like, a, like, comedy, because Jordan Peele was a comedian. And James Wan has been known for very, like, scary horror movies, for, like, serious, almost, horror movies. Probably not Dead Silence, but the rest of his horror movies are pretty seriously taken. Um, and so, like, I think a lot of people went to this movie being like, oh, it's gonna be like The Conjuring, like, it's gonna be spoopy. And then, like, it was, like, just batshit insanity, um, and, you know, you think slick, and then you get, like, this bloody romp through sleaze, and I loved it. However, it had a lot of plot holes. I have many questions, if, if we're going to go into cons. Yes. Um, yes. first of all, what the fuck is Madison's job? Um, <laughs> is Gabriel the devil? Because they keep calling him the devil, but I don't think he's the devil? I'm no no. I'm so confused. And, um, I think I asked most of my other questions. Did you have any unanswered questions from this movie, Britt? Um, I feel like I did, and I blinked on them. I feel so bad, because I did feel like there was a couple <laughs> plot holes, and I think we did touch on them a little bit as we were discussing the movie. Like, I'm like, why the deadbolt locks and not security cameras. And I mean, and why how how the fuck yeah. are we seeing Gabriel on the on the corner of across the street from your house when he's in your mind? Like if Gabriel can make oh. you see what he wants you to how see, did he, why how did he throw the door on he, her? Yeah. Yeah. So just stuff like, like in that. the beginning. He's like, like opening the door at her. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, well, why would he even attack her? Like, he could just... Why did he choose to show himself to her, I guess, in those scenes? Anyway. I mean, maybe it was all in her brain, so. but I don't think so, because they found her in the nursery, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, I do think we could have gone a little heavier on the camp, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I would have liked, like, maybe a little bit more camp. Um, but it was good. I feel like because people were expecting it not to be campy, maybe that's why they kind of went the level they did. Yeah, and I think it's one of those movies where we talk about this a lot in our movies. It was a mismarket. I would have never guessed from the trailer that this was the movie I was getting. Like, I don't really knew, I didn't really know what the hell I was getting watching the trailer, but it wasn't this. Right. And I do love, I love and hate the music. It's so over the top, but it kind of made it super enjoyable, too. So, like, if they know what they're doing, if this is all on purpose and they know it's campy, I love it. It's perfect. But if, if, they're, if they're, like, unaware of how campy it is, which I don't think is a possibility at this point, it's terrible. But, like, I do think it's great because I think they know what they're doing. I don't know. Was there anything else that yeah, like, you Yeah, I don't hated? think, I don't. Um, nothing, nothing that just, I hated. I think I, I would agree with you totally. It's one of those things, I think, if you kind of see it for one lens, you're really going to dislike it. So if I went with a very, like, yeah. stoic approach to this movie, I'd be like, this is a fucking ridiculous movie. But I think from the scene that, from the scene that Maddie reveals she's adopted to Sid onward, I kind of took it that they were being goofy. Um, and because of that, I really, really liked it. So I guess it's going... And because mm-hmm. James Wan hasn't specifically stated in any interview, like, hey, this is what we were... This was the theme, our concept we were yeah. going for. We really don't know. So I think that's what makes yeah. it hard. Um, so I didn't... I did think it was a little bit of everywhere. Um, but I think that's probably going to be one yeah. of the things that's going to make this a classic movie is that there's so much shit going on in it that you're just like, what the hell is happening? Um, 
And I think that could be very boring yeah. to some people. I think it could be argued that maybe their atmosphere was more precedent than maybe the dialogue because some of this dialogue was atrocious. But I think the ride was fun enough that I really didn't mind. Yeah, definitely. Also, it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. It was fun. So it wasn't scary. Yeah, it was funny. Um, I actually gave it a 7.5. I oh, I gave it an 8. Because I'm not saying this movie is okay. brilliant at all. I'm just saying I enjoyed the ride. And it was fucking bonkers. And it's nice to see something that bonkers. And I did watch it sober, too. You like, know what someone... And I still had fun. Yes, yes. And someone actually said this comment. And I should have wrote down the username. But I... I do admit I do like reading YouTube comments on trailers. And someone was like, this was a B-hard movie made on like an A-plus budget. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it, though. I mean, it is a... I think if nothing else, people are going to be talking about this movie. And I don't think you want to be out of the conversation when people talk about it, so... Yeah, that is true. Because this movie is just so interesting that... Yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah, so highly recommend. Um, did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating for this, Brett? I had two potential. I don't know if either of them are really good, but um, I had one was B for bangs and blades. Um, the other one was <laughs> T for throwing chairs and tatomas. So that's what I like that one. I like mine. Okay, I kept thinking of like one word things. I had like rated D for dormant devils, but I couldn't think of a second part. But then the other, the two I ended up with was rated B for backwards beasts and bonkers bloody twists, and um, rated L for latent serial killers. And this is a quote from the from the movie: "Lying cock knockers," because her mom says, "Yeah, those lying cock knockers told." Told me your mother died at birth. That's so funny. Those are the ones I had. I liked your Tarotone was one. It was cute. Which one do you like the best? Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, I like, I think I like T for uh, Throwing Chairs and Tarotomas and L's. So I, I, those are my two, narrowing it down. Okay, let's do rated T. I like the Throwing Chairs. Okay, so y'all, go watch Malignant. Please, for the love of God, this movie is so entertaining. Um... So I guess I guess uh, next week will be our first week of Spooptober, and um, instead of taking turns next week, um, we're so Britt will have her turn the week after. Um, but we have like yeah. a, kind of an exciting thing to announce. We were approached what, a month or two ago by an independent mm-hmm. filmmaker, and they wanted us to uh which is something we've never gotten to do before have a uh pre-screen copy of their film and they're going to be coming on to our podcast next week and um i'm really excited because this is like something we've like wanted to do but we've never um gotten to do before and um the creator's name is jake uh jolly might be Jolie, but we have we've only talked to them over Messenger, so we haven't actually gotten to talk to them um, voice wise. Um, and the film's coming out October twelfth, but um, he wanted to come on in early October, and we said, "Oh, that'll be perfect for Spooktober." And um, the movie seems to be a very we haven't seen it yet. We're gonna we're gonna watch it this weekend, 
Um, it seems to be a very um, self-aware horror comedy with a lot of stop motion. It's called Clay Zombies. Yes. Clay Zombies. And the trailer is out on YouTube, by the way, if you want to see it. Uh, we are not 100% sure where you can stream it yet, but we will be able to tell you that next week. But this is this is new territory for us, but it was something we were, like, super excited about. I do notice, I did notice that um, there is a dog in Clay Zombies, which I'm very excited about. Um and uh, I love it. And I know that the pup, uh, her name was Sandy. I did read through uh, Clay Zombie's Instagram. And sadly, Sandy has passed away. But I'm glad she's forever oh, no. uh, memorialized in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. And Sandy is a pit bull. And um, he is doing a lot to make sure in these Instagram posts to say, to speak out against the pit bull stereotype, which I'm completely on board behind so i'm very excited to talk with jake a little bit about that too um so yeah so it's very sweet obviously i'm excited i'm already excited because come on it's a movie about clay zombies but there's a dog in it which makes it even better so yeah um that's really and it seems like fun it seems really fun it seems like they are completely self-aware and it it the trailer reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of like uh trauma stuff and a lot of, if you watch Rather Than Media and you've ever seen their movies that they've made, very similar to that. Like, well-made, independent production quality. Um, it does say yes. it will be available on streaming. Um, but we're really excited. This is something, like, we we haven't gotten to do yet. And so we're very honored and excited. And um, we'll let you know when you can stream it. And then we will be doing some Spooktober stuff. Um so, and we might, yes. there's another, we might have another surprise at the end of October, but we're still waiting to hear confirmation. Not, we'll probably do like a Spooktober special, but we're going to try to pick a movie, one for Brit, one for me, and then we're going to do either that special episode or we'll do like a, these are our favorite horror movies if you haven't seen them yet, in case you guys need some. And then I will say in November, Brit's going on vacation and it's Thanksgiving and after Spooktober, I'm a little nervous that we're going to get burnout. So we will kind of take a cup, like maybe a week or two off in November, probably late November. So we're going to just take a little break and then we will be back to do some December episodes. And then we'll probably take another break before next year, I think. Just so. Cause, yeah, you know, we, we usually take the like the last two weeks of December breaks. off. Yeah. Cause, and they know, spend time with their family. Luckily, so. And yeah, so that's that's what's going on. We can't wait for Spooptober. Um, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening and liking and subscribing. We love hearing from you guys, so never be afraid to give us your opinions. Um, never be afraid to ask us questions or suggest us movies, because we love to hear what you guys um, want to do. Um and uh, we just appreciate you guys so much. And Britt, I appreciate Britt, if I don't say that enough. I'm so thankful f- for her to go on this journey with me every week. It's been lovely. And um, I'm very thankful and grateful. And um, I just love you guys so much. Gizmo loves you guys so much. Um, he still knows how to lay down. Um, very proud of that little boy. Yay! <laughs> Um, and we just love you guys and be safe, wear a mask, wash your hands. Um, let us know what kind of Halloween costumes you're doing. I've got a couple ideas 
um, we'll let you know what costumes we're gonna do. And, um, yeah, just be careful, love each other, take your vitamins, wash your hands, and I can't wait to see you guys for Spooptober. Yay! It's a spooky season. Woo! Yes. Spoopy season. Um, I'm I'm grateful for you, Katie. Um, so thank you for saying so. Um, thanks, guys. As always, I kind of say the same thing every week, but I know sometimes you guys need to hear it. Um, thank you again for liking, subscribing, commenting, uh, messaging us. We we love you guys again. We are a small podcast. Um, maybe one day we won't, but be. But right now we are. So each and every one of your comments and likes, they do mean the world to us. When you guys comment, like, subscribe, message us, tell your friends about us. Personally, I get text messages from um, friends who listen to the podcast, and it still brightens up my day every time I get yeah. those messages. So thank you guys again. Thank you for joining us on small part, some small part of your day. If you're doing chores around the house and you're washing dishes and listening to us, or if you're riding in your car, if you're waking up, good morning, and we hope your day is great. Um, you know, uh, so thank you again for everything uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, and as always, of course, we're just looking forward to seeing you again. Uh, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. And stay spoopy, y'all. Stay, stay spoopy, y'all. Stay, stay spoopy, spoopy y'all. y'all. Love y'all. Okay. Good night. Good Love day. You. Good night, everybody. Good afternoon. Good Love you guys. Night. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye, Britt. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.